0: Hello, my dudes. Welcome back to Previously Gifted. We are back with a new episode. I'm very excited. I've been trying to film this frickin' episode for days, literally. And I hate posting late because I always try to get this up by, like, Monday-ish. Um, but I've been having some construction going on, which is currently going on now. You will hear it, uh, but we just have to get through it, otherwise this will never happen. Um, anyway, god, it's so frustrating. Whatever, we'll leave that for for when it gets really bad, then I'll take it out. All of my frustrations. Hmm. Yep. We're just gonna we're just gonna act like you and I like like you're in my building with me right now, and we're just trying to have this conversation despite this ruckus, which is conveniently only occurring in the mornings, which is the only time I have to record the podcast before I go to work. So shouts out, whatever today we're gonna be talking about unpopular opinions. Not really. When I when I decided to like do this topic and I was trying to write down things to discuss, I thought of like one thing and the rest of it is like completely different uh, subjects. But we're also gonna be discussing racial bias, which came up in so many stories this week. Um, so it's a great time to talk about it. And again, as a white woman in this country, I know nothing about racial issues. But I will share my opinions and my experiences. Um, But just know, take it with a grain of salt. I wish I had a person of color or people of color um, with me here today to bounce things off of because obviously the discussion would be a lot more uh, fruitful. But Fuck it, you know? We may not have any um, representation of people of color on this episode, but we do have this fucking banging going on. So as long as we've got the bangers, it's fine. Um, I want to give a shout out to my patrons. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. And also, um, the summer is coming up, dude. I have to like quit my job in like a month. It's already crazy. Um, I'm going to be going back to camp this summer. So I don't think I will be able to record regular podcast episodes. I will be taking a previously gifted hiatus for the summer. Um, and I'm thinking that it may be possible, though, for me to do the Just Audio bonus podcast episodes that I post on Patreon, um, because it's a lot easier to record Just Audio rather than do this whole setup as you can tell. (laughs) So if you guys want to support the podcast, uh, look at Patreon. I'll keep talking about that uh, before the hiatus comes up. But I want to remind you guys, especially if you're watching on YouTube, we don't have ads yet. Thanks to YouTube's new monetization policy. um, It's taken a long time for me to even submit my partner application, and they haven't reviewed it yet. So it could be forever. So once we have ads, that'll be cool. I'll be earning my pennies. But uh, again, if you want to throw a dollar at the podcast, that'd be really great speaking of we have a new patron shouts out scott thank you for supporting the podcast i appreciate all of you guys um and it's just it's wonderful to have you guys listen and it's even more wonderful wonderful for you to give me one dollar every month Um, but really, I do enjoy this podcast and you guys are the best. Sorry, I hate going on way too long about the patreon. But last thing we've got to give a shout out to our sponsors. Knock, knock, knock. who are they? They're here. Joni Kay, Hannah Baker, Kirsty McCulloch, Eric Courttwright, Lily Dylan, Matt Barham, Jerome Nivens, and Liz Walsh. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. You're the realest homies. This sound really isn't gonna stop. And we're gonna get so peaceful if it does, even if it takes one little break, it'll be so nice. Um, This is seriously so fucked up though, because like, it's so annoying. It's hard enough to film like a YouTube video and like sit down and do that, but like, to just ask for an hour of quiet. Like, I, I change the shirts that I wear on this podcast because, like, rustling gets picked up by my mic. So it's like, to have this nonsense going on is so, so frustrating. But we're here for it. You guys are, you guys are real ones. You don't even hear it, probably. No, you for sure hear it. But we're going to pretend like we don't until um, I'm at my wit's end and I blow up on camera. All right, first topic that I wanted to discuss is a story about um, dress codes. This is a popular topic in high schools these days and middle school, honestly, just school. Being a girl in school, at a school that does not have uniforms, you are subjected to sometimes some very restrictive dress codes. Um, And the issue is like, compared to boys, girls have a lot more trouble and obviously break the dress code rules much more often, just because most of the things are relevant to female clothing and not male clothing. There is not, unfortunately, a dress code rule against hideous basketball shorts every day of the week, no matter how old you are. Um, but I think there should be, just for the, for the sake of fashion, you know? Um, but anyway, I saw this tweet uh, within this week, and where the frick is my tweet about it? Okay, here it is. Let's 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 read this first. It was from BuzzFeed News. The title is, This 17-year-old was told to put Band-Aids on her nipples after not wearing a bra to school. Lizzie Martinez says she wants her Florida high school to change dress code policies that, quote, body shame women. The district acknowledged that the matter should have been handled differently. Um... Basically, this girl showed up to school wearing a long-sleeve Calvin Klein shirt without a bra. Um, And then a few hours later, she um, had been told by multiple teachers in every period um, that her nipples and breasts were, quote, distracting other students, and a boy was laughing at her, so she was violating dress code policy. Um, So then she ended up going to the office... They had her put on a second shirt, quote, and then stand up and, like, move around and jump around to show how much my breasts moved. I was mortified. Um, And then she was taken to the nurse's office and given band-aids to put over her nips. So there's so much here, but, um, God, my quote tweet was this, may be an unpopular opinion But I think it's fair for dress codes to not allow free nips. That being said, adding the second shirt should have been enough. Making her jump around to prove her breasts were controlled is absolutely disgusting and unacceptable. So basically that does sum up my thoughts on this. Um, The quote from the tweet that I quoted um, was the girl Lizzie Martinez saying, This is a big issue that a lot of girls feel targeted and sexualized and have to live up to a standard of what we have to look like and wear." Um, and also she said something about this, like, this policy being out there to body shame women. And I feel conflicted, because you guys know I'm, I'm very liberal, I am a feminist, um, but honestly, like, the free, free the Nipple movement has always been, like, very low on my personal priority list. Um, I know it goes much deeper, and obviously the sexualization of female bodies is an issue, especially young female bodies, uh, female bodies who are just trying to go to school. Um, but here's the thing: when it comes to like dress code rules being too strict, I definitely think like I literally made a video; it's still on YouTube somewhere um, when I was in like sixth grade. Uh, National Shorts Day. It was about, like, rebelling against our dress code and wearing shorts, even though they broke the dress code. Um, and definitely, like, back in, like, the summer or the hottest months of the year, it was so hard to go to school and not wear shorts or not wear a short sleeve shirt because it was against the dress code. You know, I think in middle school we weren't allowed to wear tank tops and then our shorts were supposed to be um fingertip length when you put your arms down and that's like like more than halfway down my thigh like near my knees almost depending on how long your arms are um and it's like who the fuck has shorts those long we're not out here rocking bermudas we are not girl defined ministries (laughs) shouts out um (laughs) but seriously everybody is like okay i understand not wearing booty shorts i understand that my butt cheeks can't be out but like can i wear shorts like a couple of inches shorter than this arbitrary fingertip requirement um but the real frustration behind those dress code policies is like yeah the point is like they're it's distracting like a girls legs are distracting to to male peers and even teachers like they they say that you know Um, and like shoulders and arms and it's like what the fuck if you're sitting behind a girl who's wearing a tank top and you're distracted by her shoulders that is your own prepubescent or horny ass middle school boy problem you know um but again like it's hard because i mean i don't know i guess there do have to be limits and there do have to be rules but like I don't think they should be as strict as fingertip length, you know? And it's hard to think of a rule that fits better. But anyway, um, obviously the sexualization of of girls' bodies is an issue because guys don't have that issue. Guys can wear their t-shirts and shorts and whatever. The only issue I've ever seen guys have with dress codes was like baggy, baggy pants showing their boxers. Um, but otherwise, guys don't have as many restrictions at all, you know? They're not allowed to wear, like, gang attire, you know? Your, your chains and your, uh, fucking, uh, what else do they call gang attire? (laughs) Pajama pants, (laughs) literally. Or, um, bandanas, right? Or hats. Well, poor boys aren't allowed to wear hats. It's, it's a travesty. But anyway, this issue with the nipples, I'm like... It's not high on my priority list because there are so many other systemic issues that target women, um, that are so much more hurtful than just not being able to show your breasts and stuff. But I get it. I, I mean, ideally in society, we would change. Like for example, we shouldn't sexualize, like, mothers breastfeeding. Like there are people who are straight up offended by seeing a boob feeding a baby. You know? That is wrong. Um, but when it, when it comes to like... The freedom to show your nipples. Wow, voice. Oh, my God, I sounded like Sophia Bush for a second. Um, when it comes to the freedom of like showing your nipples at school, that's where I'm like, no, let's pick our battles, you know? It is a hundred percent wrong that she was forced to go through this, like prolonged, embarrassing, mortifying experience of having like multiple administrative people at her school judging her boobs and drawing way more attention than her nipples would in class under a long sleeve shirt whatever um you know the fact that they made her like move around and were like judging to see if her boobs were fine oh it's so fucked up that is absolutely disgusting um Forcing her to put on band-aids, that's also a very strange thing. Um, Like I said, I think adding another shirt should have been, like, the limit of the dress code and saying, okay, in the future, you've got to wear more layers. I don't think a school should force you to wear a bra, because, again, like, how is that going to be enforced? We used to get in trouble for our bra straps showing, so it's like, okay, you have to wear a bra, but keep it hidden. (sighs) It's frustrating. But we know nowadays, like, people, a lot of women... Um, prefer bralettes or, like, lighter kinds of bras um, that aren't so painful or cumbersome. But, you know, even wearing a bralette, your nips can peek through, too. So, it's, like, it's a very difficult issue. And, again, like, enforcing that in schools, ugh, just just get over it, Let, let's not. But to call this, um, you know... I don't know. I just, I just feel like this specific um, incident was kind of blown out of proportion. Obviously, it's good that it leads to a greater discussion of like sexualizing women and like um, policing what we wear and you know all of that. But I think if you're going to high school, you're a seventeen-year-old junior. You know, like you, you know, you wear a bra at some point. You own bras, I'm assuming just, like, wear a bra to school. You have to, you have to dress a certain way at school or at work, you know, there are just certain societal, like, dress codes that apply. In the rest of your time, go bra free, sure, but, like, you know, just for the sake of, like, the annoying institution, just because the man, you know, wants us to all dress a certain way at school, just do it. Like, I don't know if it's worth putting up that much of a fight um but again i wish this was a thing that we could change and over time i hope that it will change to where we see male and female nipples in the same way and not you know this gross over sexualization of female breasts and nipples and then you know of course guys are allowed to have their nips out all the time but um so i I tweeted that and i I didn't know if i was going to get some backlash from my followers um but i got one response from a girl who said But male students aren't asked to band-aid their nips when they are visible. And I said, right. I'm all for freeing the nips, but in situations like school and work, I understand why specific dress codes are in place. And she said, okay, but even in those situations, men aren't asked to stop their nipples from showing through their shirts. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop replying because, like, (laughs) you know, like, at this point in society today, especially in high school where everybody's so horny and whatever. I hate that word, by the way. Sorry for saying it like twice already. Um, In high school, like, I don't know. I don't know. Just in today's society, male and female nipples are not equal. We know that. Should it be different? Yes. But like, of course, male nipples in this society aren't asked to be band-aided you know it's like and even in the future they wouldn't be because the equality we are searching for in the free the nips movement is just like oh it's fine for nipples on men to peek out okay then it should be the fine what it should be the same for women um so hopefully there will be no band of nips at all in the future but it's just like i just i was like i don't i don't want to argue this forever because obviously we're just going to talk in circles but it's hard because when, <laughs> when you're say like a liberal like me or super liberal or whatever, you're 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 very um, active about you know speaking your case and whatever, activating, activating. What a fucking idiot. Advocating for different causes. Um, I do believe it's possible to get too extreme in the sense that you blow small incidents out of proportion, and that takes away. From the focus that should be on really major impactful um, issues, and anyway, I, I'm not the person to you know say what the most important feminist issues are or whatever. Um, but I, I I don't think it's too crazy to say that having to wear a bra or something to school is that that um, crazy, you know. Um, All of these different sounds are driving me absolutely insane. Next up, we're gonna talk about um, honestly just a lot of like racial issues um, because there were just so many, so many incidents going on this week. So I'm gonna pause my camera and then we will be back to talk about the Starbucks story. Stay friggin' tuned. and we're back so yes the starbucks story long story short i don't know the specifics and i don't have the um you know news stories pulled up right now basically this week um two black men went into a starbucks and um apparently i mean i don't know from what i remember they were like you know dressed for business so they're sitting in a starbucks as many people do before ordering just chilling hanging out maybe they had to meet or something um, and apparently the employees called the police on the men, just simply for being at Starbucks and not having ordered yet. Um, and then the cops showed up and arrested them. I don't know what they claimed to arrest them for. Maybe, like, um, what is it called? <laughs> Fuck. I'm forgetting all my words. Basically just, like, loitering. Yeah. But, um, the fact that you would call the police when two people are just sitting in your store. Um, I will say, as a Starbucks employee and, you know, going through all of that training, Starbucks is so, so pro, like being super over the top friendly, solve any problem for the customers. So this completely goes against the policy. I mean, I don't know what that specific store experience is like. I don't know if they have a problem with a lot of people loitering um, and not, you know, ordering or something. But still, like, it's really not typical of Starbucks to be the kind of place to like instantly, you know, force you to buy a drink or something. But that's that's a generalization because obviously in this situation, it had to be, you know, racially motivated. And there's definitely that level of like racial profiling or bias. Um, and people rightfully were pissed off about it. And... A lot of people were saying, boycott Starbucks. To that, I say, that's a little extra. Again, it may be an unpopular opinion, but, like, you don't need to boycott Starbucks because one of their stores had this racist incident. You know, a number of those employees had to have, you know, been racially profiling these black men. Um, Obviously, (sighs) Starbucks can't control whether its employees are racist or have racist tendencies but anyway people were like okay either boycott starbucks or starbucks need to have needs to have a really good you know um, response to this and have some kind of a solution and not just a an empty uh, apology i think they did apologize on some level and people are saying it's not enough and then just um, I have to look this up because I shared it on Facebook! Yeah, I still use Facebook, everybody. Even though I shouldn't, honestly, they're just stealing all my information all the time. It's fine. Share all of my interests and conversations with advertisers, please. Um, anyway, I saw this update from Starbucks. (sighs) If this would just open, please. I saw this post from Starbucks that said, On May 29th, we will close our company-owned stores in the U.S. to conduct racial bias training in order to address implicit bias, promote conscious inclusion, and prevent discrimination so everyone feels safe and welcome at Starbucks. The curriculum will be developed with guidance from national and local experts, including people from the Equal Justice Initiative, the NAACP, uh, the Anti-Defamation League, The training will impact nearly 175,000 partners across the country and will become core to the orientation process for new partners. These experts will hold us accountable by monitoring and reviewing the effectiveness of the measures we undertake. We're ashamed and recognize that racial bias is a problem we need to and will address. First of all, let me say, this is major. Like, companies don't do this often, so you have to give Starbucks credit. Some people were saying, oh, this is just a big PR move. They're just taking advantage of this so that they can look good. It's like, okay, to whatever extent that this may be a good PR move, possibly, at least they're actually making a concrete action. Um, It only applies to their company-owned stores. I actually don't even know if my store is company-owned, but I don't know if I'm still going to be at Starbucks by the end of May, because I have to be leaving soon. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, I think it's important, and and <sighs> the fucking comments on this post, dude. Like, oh my god. There is no end to the <sighs> idiocy of Facebook comments, you know? And I love reading them, and I make myself so angry every time. But, like, the top comments are always so dumb. So. So. <laughs> um oh cool all this is a ploy to get media coverage and get them off their bat back blah 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 blah. um there were oh yeah okay this was the top comment when i shared it brett so now millions of people can't have starbucks it was one incident in a country of thousands of locations rare accidents are going to happen talk to all employees for 10 minutes to make sure it doesn't happen again and get back to work this dude is pissed that his starbucks may be closed for one day and actually it's not even going to be closed for the whole day it's going to be closing in the afternoon okay brett are you fucking serious, dude? Millions of people can't have Starbucks. Guess what? Everyone can live without Starbucks. In general. And this is somebody who loves Starbucks. I am there almost every day. But when Starbucks is closed, we survive. Thank you for all these noises. Fucking construction. Um, I love people. The people who hate SJWs, such as Bryce. Another company that caves to a few whiners. Stand your ground and let the paying customers have coffee on May 29th. In these times, everything offends somebody. This dude is offended that a company wants to make a progressive move and educate their employees. (laughs) Mallory, I think you may have just lost me as a customer. You punish your customers for a day because of a handful of employees? Have you thought about firing the employee or changing your policy? Bitch, changing your policy is what they're literally doing. They're sharing the policy with their current partners, and then it's gonna become part of their new policy orientation. Bitch, <laughs> May twenty eighth is most likely my last visit. I will make sure we use all of our gift cards prior to that visit. Dude, Mallory, you're re- okay. You may have lost me as a customer. You're gonna, you're gonna dare to close some of your stores for a few hours. What if I need coffee during that time? What if I need it and there are no other places that I could get coffee for one single afternoon so that employees of a major company can be reminded of important racial issues that clearly don't impact me because I'm assuming I'm white. Her fucking profile picture is a drawing of a pineapple that says hello in some fucking dumbass Pinterest print over it. (sighs) Anyway, I'm like, what the motherfuck? I swear. Anyway, it's like, this is important. Like, honestly, every company should have this kind of policy, just as it has, you know, um, anti-sexual harassment and everything. But it needs to be serious. And and I think Starbucks is the kind of company that does take... um, the treatment of its employees seriously, and the treatment of its customers. Um, but anyway, like this, this is a good move. And people are saying, this won't solve racism. Obviously, if a fucking afternoon with your Starbucks manager could solve racism, that'd be great. But like, this is a, an important step, even if it doesn't change any racist mind, which obviously this kind of training wouldn't. It, it shows that the company will not allow this, and that does impact how the employees will treat customers, because if you know you'll get fired for racially profiling someone and kicking them out of your store or discriminating against them in any way, you're going to behave differently, even if you are racist, you know? Um, so I think it's a good move. I, I say, good job, Starbucks. That's that's a step in the right direction. Again, it doesn't solve all of the problems at all, but, like, you know, it's a start. And um, every company should do this because it's not just Starbucks. Things like this happen all over the place in every kind of industry. Um, and speaking of that, I've seen so many um, other things pa- po- <laughs> pop up on Facebook and social media of other... Um, black people being discriminated against in all kinds of places. Another one that I saw was, again, in another Starbucks. This was in Redondo Beach in California. Apparently, a black man came in um, and was in line to buy something and wanted to go to the bathroom first, so he asked for the restroom code, and they wouldn't give it to him. They said the code is for customers only, and he was just about to buy something. So anyway, he sees this white kid walk out of the bathroom, and he goes up, and he's recording the whole thing now, He's like hey what's your name man weston um did you buy anything before you got that restroom code no but i was about to hmm so this white guy can get the bathroom code without buying his drink first but this black man can't you know like that is discrimination you know and some people will be like oh well we don't know the circumstances it's like <sighs> if you're going to have an absolute policy that you have to be a customer before you get the restroom code Treat everyone the exact same way. There is no way that that it should be allowed that... God damn it. That some people get the code and other people don't. Uh, Especially when the people who don't get the code happen to be black people, you know? It's like, fuck. Um, I don't know what kind of work they're doing, but... I apologize to you guys. Thank you, thank you so much for still listening. If any of you are still listening, please comment down below on YouTube or like tweet me, um, because I know this isn't this isn't the um, pleasurable experience that we usually have with only the sound of my sweet voice and spit and burping um, and my shirts moving and my chairs squeaking and stuff. But also, it sounds like a fucking dragon roaring in the basement. <sighs> Again, they only do this work in the morning, and then I go to work in the afternoon, and then it's all quiet. This, I'm just gonna try to record, like, in the fucking, on the weekends or something, because, (laughs) sorry, I'm just enjoying the sound of silence. And now it's over. I feel like they're right on the other end of my wall. Anyway, um, the thing is, I cannot speak to this issue. Like I've said, I am a white woman, and I, I try as often as I can to recognize my white privileges. Um, and just the simple fact that I I have never experienced racial profiling, and I have never experienced some something like this. I, I definitely could fucking never see myself being arrested for sitting in a Starbucks um, without buying anything yet, you know? Um, so it, it's... It's- it's hard for me to speak on these issues, aside from just saying white people need to do better, racist people need to fucking learn and realize that they- there should be consequences for them, and that- that incidents like this against people of color and minorities and- and whatever, any kind of discrimination, there needs to be very serious consequences, um... But unfortunately, it usually takes, you know, video recording a situation and blowing it up on social media for it to get to, you know, any amount of actual attention or traction or any reaction by, um, management, you know? It's, it's, it's huge. And again, I don't know. I, I can't speak to it personally, which speaks volumes. Um, so those of you listening who have experienced, you know, discrimination like this, I don't know. I wish I could have you guys come like guest on the podcast because that would just bring us to the next level. In the future of Previously Gifted, I would love to have more guests and have a variety of um, perspectives because <laughs> my perspective is going to get old eventually, you guys. we got to have some kind of contrast. Um, oh, man. And in, in much more serious um, racial <laughs> profiling issues, the stories of. Um, Stephen Clark, who was the man who was shot in his backyard while on his cell phone because he vaguely matched a description of someone um, that the police were searching for because he was black. Um, Yeah, he was he was minding his own business on his cell phone in a backyard. And, you know, police and helicopters were coming like overhead and they spotted him and then he was shot (sighs) so many times. I think over 20 times, um, and he was killed, and, and it's, again, that, that is 100% a foreign concept to me, like, there is, there's no situation that I think that I could just get shot for matching a description of a criminal that, that the police were looking for, you know? Nobody would go, oh, that's the white girl, shoot her, Apparently they thought, you know, that his cell phone could have been a weapon. But it's, like, I've been discussing these kind of issues, this these ish, issues of police brutality and these, like, ridiculous uses of force um, for a couple of years now. I've discussed them a little bit in my videos and stuff. And it's just, like, I don't know. On one hand, it's, like, I recognize the tragedy of it. I mean, obviously it's fucking it's horrendous and and that like that man had no reason to die in that moment in that way like it's it's 100% senseless um but just it's it's so infuriating that the police can be so just dead wrong 100% wrong and their use of force is 100% unjustifiable it's fucking ridiculous you hear cases of like, like white mass murderers being apprehended without being fucking shot at once, you know? They can have fucking weapons in their hands blatantly and they're still calmly escorted. And then there are so many instances of black people who are unarmed who are shot and killed instantly with, with clearly not enough time to even analyze the situation like there was the 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 instance of um, a mentally ill man in Brooklyn I think recently who was shot and killed because he was waving around like uh, a pipe or something and people had thought that it was a gun so the police showed up and they they killed him again unarmed black men you know it's 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 horrifying and and my white privilege is just like shining bright because it's just it's 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 horrifying for me, but it's it's not reality for me. It's not any part of my experience in life. So it's it's surreal to read these stories and see the protests and see the reactions from communities of people of color. But just the fact that I'll never experience that, you know, I really want to I want I want to be able to to understand more of this, and I think that only happens through um, getting closer to people of color and hearing their experiences and um, talking about it more often, and at least just being there to to learn. Because I don't know, again, as as a white person, as a white woman, um, I don't want to be the one like <sighs> leading the fight in any way. But if I can help amplify voices of people of color or or do anything to help that's not taking away from the cause, you know? Um, I don't know. It's tough. It's an it's an interesting situation to be in. Um, so anyway, there was also the story of a young black high school boy who. Um, missed his bus, his school bus so he decided to walk to school and tried to retrace his bus um, his bus route and he got lost. so he knocked on a door to ask directions um, to get to the school and a white woman answered the door and apparently thought that she like that he was about to attack her or try to break into her house because she screamed and freaked out. and then uh, her husband, a retired firefighter, comes out and shoots at the kid. Um, his name is Brennan Walker, the, the black boy. Um, yeah, the guy shot at him, luckily didn't hit him, but he, you know, ran away and he was crying and obviously fucking scarred beyond belief from this experience. But just the fact that (sighs) being black in this country means you can walk through your town, knock on a door and someone could shoot at you or you can be in a backyard and you can get shot and killed like it's unfathomable um fuck i tried to emphasize that word for emphasis (laughs) and i fucked up (coughs) and now i'm choking (coughs) sorry um um it's unfathomable anyway um i'm i'm i was really glad to hear that that brennan Um, survived this ordeal and wasn't harmed in any way physically but obviously mentally Um, I'm sure it's had impacts on him but you know I was reading this story and expecting it to say that he was shot and killed you know it's become so so regular and so common for us to read these stories almost on a daily basis and honestly gun violence and racial profiling and you know um, fucking racist cops uh are killing black people and and people of color in this country every single day it's it's a lot um i'm gonna take a break and then we will come back and talk about other things and maybe maybe we'll lighten up in a little bit but probably not yet see ya and we're back. Okay, I want to share a little tweet thread with you guys that I shared on Twitter. Um, this comes from Twitter user Thomas McFall. Okay, I'm just going to read it, and then we'll discuss. Hey, guys. I know I usually just post shitty jokes on my Twitter, but bear with me because I wanted to share something. So in one of my management classes, I sit in the same seat in the front every day. Every single day, I sit there. Now, I also sit next to this to some foreign guy... That barely speaks English. The most advanced thing I've heard this guy say in English is, wow, my muffin is really good. This guy also has a habit of stacking every item he owns in the exact space I sit. His bag, his food, his books, and his phone are always right on my desk space. Now, every single time I walk into class, this guy says, ah, Tom, you're here, okay, and starts frantically clearing the desk of his belongings. He then makes it a habit to say, ready for class, yeah, and gives me a high five. Every day, this guy gives me a high five. I was always annoyed with this guy. I'm thinking, dude, you know I sit in this seat every day. Why are you always stacking your shit here? And the last thing I want to do is give a guy who barely speaks my language high fives at eight in the morning. Just get your shit off my desk. But today I come to class and was running a few minutes late. I'm standing outside because I had to send a quick text. I could see my usual space through the door out of the corner of my eye. Of course, my desk was covered with his belongings. The usual. As I'm standing there on my phone, another guy, who was also late, walks into the class before me and tried to take my seat, since it's closest to the door. The guy sitting next to me stops this dude from sitting down and says, I'm sorry, my good friend Thomas sits here. It was then that I realized this guy wasn't putting stuff on my seat to annoy me. He was saving me the seat every morning. And this whole time, he saw me as a friend, but I was too busy thinking about myself to take him into consideration. Cheesy as it sounds, I was touched. I ended up going into class, and of course, he cleared the seat, and he said, Ah, Tom, you here? Okay. And I did get a high five. At the end of the class, I asked him if he wanted to get a bite to eat with me. We did, and we talked for a while. I got through the broken English. The guy moved here from the Middle East to pursue a college education in America. He plans to go back after he gets his degree. He's got two kids and a wife. He works full-time and sends all of his leftover money back home to his wife. I asked him how he liked America as well. He said he misses his family, but it's exciting to be here. He also said, "'Not every American is nice to me like you are, Tom. I bought him lunch, of course. Dude deserves it. He gave me a big high five for buying lunch. Gotta keep up the tradition.'" Moral of the story, don't do what I do and constantly only think about yourself. It took me nearly this entire semester to get my head out of my ass and realize this guy was just trying to be my friend. Better late than never, I suppose.'" So I shared the thread because, honestly, I was, I was touched by it. I thought that is a cute little story, um, a, a nice tale, a reminder not to judge people, but, but specifically the issue of, like, um, foreign people in this country speaking broken English. I didn't fully realize this struggle in not speaking a language fluently. Um, while you're in that country until I was in France. Um, obviously I was like intermediate at French, but I was like nowhere near fluent and I absolutely could not express um, my thoughts in a way that reflects my personality, my intelligence or anything. You know, when you're, when you're speaking a language that you're not fluent at, it's hard to really express what you're saying. And obviously you'll say things kind of awkwardly or you'll mess up the grammar um, or you won't be able to find, you know, more interesting vocabulary, Um, but something that, especially in America, because we barely study foreign languages, we take it for granted because we have foreigners come and they may speak broken English and so often they are laughed at and mocked and people see them as stupid because they're speaking, you know, imperfect English, but... (sighs) If you take a fucking minute to realize, obviously, they're fluent in whatever language from where they come from, they're probably. They probably know more than one language, other than their, you know, native language and English. So they're probably fucking multilingual. And we're out here thinking they're stupid just because they're not fluent in English? Like, we are so. English centric. And I know, like, English is the dominant language now um, in the world, but, like, that doesn't mean that it's the most important or it should be the most respected or that we should see anyone as less because they haven't perfected their English yet, you know? There are a lot of fucking native um not Native Americans. There are a lot of Americans who were born and raised here speaking only one language, English, who also sound like fucking idiots and can't spell for shit. So it's like, we can we can rightfully call those people fucking stupid. But, like, for someone who is studying to get a degree in a language that they're not even fluent in, you know, like, obviously, there are so many, like, levels of respect. Um, and I think, you know... It's a good story, but it's... I don't know. My friend, Julia, um, she tweeted at me, and I hadn't even thought of this. I'm ashamed to say I hadn't really thought of this um, until she replied. She said her Twitter at is at Juju Wieners. Love her. She said, discuss this in your Unpopular Opinions podcast. Just another white guy using a person of color as a prop to further their savior complex with some very inherently racist undertones, to be honest. Um And yeah, I'm I'm kind of ashamed that I didn't, like, really recognize that. I mean, obviously, as I was reading through the thread, I was like, eh. I mean, there's definitely some, like, offensive shit he says in how he describes this man and how he, you know, describes his broken English and all that. Um, I mean, the point of the th- story is to show, like, how shitty he was. And now he's better because he, you know. It's not saying, like, this guy should not be called a hero. Like, some people in there were like, wow, this was incredible. It's like, he's not a fucking hero. He just did a thing that makes him more decent. You know, he's respecting somebody. He's taking the time to get to know somebody and understand their situation, you know, and be a little bit more sympathetic, you know. Um, but the white savior complex is is very interesting. And, and I love reading about these kinds of... Um, these kind of issues, because it's like, again, like race, (laughs) discussing race, especially race in America, is such a fucking difficult thing. And it's so easy to just be like, like, again, the people who are like, SJWs, you know, (laughs) social justice warriors, they think everything's racist. But it's like, you really have to look at these layers and how they build um, narratives, you know? Oh, God, I'm not making any sense. But it's like, the savior complex is real, you know? What what the fuck is it called? Um, manifest destiny? You know, like, white people believing that the United States and North America belonged to them because they were white and they thought that they were literally superior to the natives, who they called savages and who they thought were unintelligent. When, again, that's a complete example of the situation. The natives obviously had their own intricate culture and languages and their you know uses of technology and their respect for the land and just like their complete own lifestyle and culture um and white people come and they say oh that's not western that's not what we have been living therefore you're savages you don't speak english oh you poor natives what the fuck mr white man you stupid motherfucking <sighs> Colonizer, literally, it 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 enrages me, and I I it's it's again strange. I'm a white woman from the United States. I'm from California. You know, like I'm from one of the safest cities in the country. I come from such a place of privilege that it truly is hard for me to recognize all the privileges that I've had, and how different my experience is um, to even just the average person of color's experience in this country. But, um, I don't know. Just, just very interesting. Anyway, oh shit, my, my end music is playing. But it's not playing for you, but it's playing for me. And it's very distracting. Okay, I stopped it. Anyway, this whole, like, savior, um, complex thing, in case you don't know what I'm talking about. It's kind of just, like, the view that, like, oh, the white man comes in to save the day. Oh, this white man he's a hero because he acknowledged this man and, and bought him lunch. He's a great guy now, you know? Um, when it's really like, this guy, to whatever extent, did exploit this story for social media attention, you know? He's a guy, he has, like, a, a, however many Twitter followers. So it's like, okay, he already had an existing audience. And most people are guilty of sharing any kind of even somewhat interesting story or situation or interaction on social media. That's a normal thing. But, like, at what point does it become exploitative? So I think that's an interesting question to pose. I'm not going to answer it because I'll leave that for you guys. I was going to discuss some some other things, um, but I honestly just have to start getting ready for work, and I'm sick of these sounds. I'm sick of listening to them through my headphones. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Again, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash previously gifted. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Leave me comments. I want to hear your comments. That's the thing. I see how many of you are listening and like watching the podcast, but unless I get like actual comments or messages, I don't really know like which parts of these episodes that you're really enjoying, um, which things bore the fuck out of you. Um, so just let me know. As always, I'm craving social media attention. So, thank you guys so much for listening, and stay tuned for another episode of Previously Gifted. K, thanks. Bye!